guys, I want to thank you for joining me today on The Father's Heart. Uh, my name is Dave Campbell Jr. And I hope that today, uh, after listening, you're challenged, you're blessed, and you're encouraged in the Lord. And everything that I'm going to share with you as I spend time with the Lord, as I pray, as I seek Him, as I spend time in His Word, these are the things that I simply want to share with you. And I pray it's a blessing to you. God bless. sanctuary. I thank you, O oh God, that we're not made by human hands, but we're made by our Heavenly Father, that you made the sanctuary in our hearts through the blood of the Son of God, through the blood of Jesus Christ. You made our hearts your sanctuary. And Lord God, I thank you from the beginning of time. It was your desire to indwell us. I thank you from the time that Adam fell. You desire to dwell in us, your creation, your absolute finest creation. Oh God, you desire to dwell in us. And I thank you because what Jesus has done, you've now found your home in our hearts. It's not a temporary home, but it's a permanent home, oh God. We thank you, God, that you thought so much of man, that you sent your only son to give our sacrifice that we needed, the sacrifice we needed so we could have you back to yourself. We thank you, oh God, that you thought so much of man. You thought so much of each and every one in this place, oh God. That you didn't leave one person out, oh God. You didn't leave one person out, but you included us all in the blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Jesus, that you died for all, that all might live. And we worship you, oh God. We worship you this morning, oh God, for your great sacrifice. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We will be a house that worships the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We worship you, oh Jesus. We're not ashamed to cry out to you, Jesus. We're not ashamed to cry out praise and glory to you, oh Jesus. You're worthy of all glory and honor and praise, and we worship you this morning. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, oh God, that you are here in this house because your people are in this house and you desire to dwell with us. We thank you for your sweet presence, oh God. We praise you, oh God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's a beautiful thing when the presence of God shows up. And it all depends on us. He so much wants to be a part of our lives, every part of our lives. And he doesn't exclude anybody. Uh, yesterday, Dom and I were at the jail. He doesn't exclude any of them. And what I always tell them is, we've come to just give you hope. We come here because we want to give you hope that there's hope for you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus died for their sins just like he died for us, ours. There's hope for them. There's hope for every person that still has breath. Amen. Until their last breath, they still have hope. Like the guy on the cross, the criminal on the cross. He got born again just before he died. What an awesome thing. And he received just 
as much as we can receive in terms of being able to go in the presence of God, so is he able to go in the presence of God. Because he believed at the last minute. Amen? Thank you. Praise God. just want to give you some announcements, if you want to have a look at the screens, okay? want to welcome any visitors again and if you're new here if you could fill out a connect card we would love to welcome you in this house and love to get to know you a little more just have a couple announcements I want to highlight um, first of all our first missions trip for the father's heart has been booked I booked it this week there are 11 people going on this trip three pastors and there are actually four people from outside the Father's heart that are going with us. Two of those people went the last time Bernie and I led a trip to Ecuador. We are going next March, and it's been booked, and uh, we're just looking forward to being able to share the gospel with these people in the jungle. Amen. And you will be sending us. <laughs> Amen. So you are a part of this. It's our first mission trip in this church. Amen. A couple other announcements. Downstairs, directly after the church, there will be some life group sign-up uh, slips that you can sign up for. We've got a few different life groups, and we encourage you to be a part of a life group. It will help you grow spiritually. It'll help you to connect with other people, and it would be a real blessing to get to know more people in the body of Christ. Amen? And also, right after the service, there's going to be a family fun day meeting to get again to talk about next Saturday's Family Fun Day, which is from one to four outside the church. Also, uh, there's a new believers course that starts Sunday, September 3rd, after the service for four weeks. And if you'd like to sign up, there are also sign up slips for that. Okay, those are just some special announcements we wanted to give to point out to you. And I really do encourage people to sign up to a life group. I've been part of life groups for many, many years, I think since my late 20s, I think, um, and they're just a real blessing to be a part of a life group. You get to know people on a much more personal basis than you do on a Sunday, 
And I just encourage you to do it. It just, not only does it, does it bless you, it blesses the people that are there as well. Amen. And we want to get to know people in this body. It's a great way to do that. Amen. And some of them only meet every other week, so it's not going to try to, they're not, we're not trying to overtax anybody. Okay. So I encourage you to go downstairs after the service and check out the life groups that we have in the house. Amen. So I want to share a message. And I entitle it Grace in the Fire. And God really spoke to me through a song again. I'll tell you, I told you before, he speaks to me through songs, through the words of the songs. And a few weeks ago, Vince played a song in the jail. It's called Fires by Jordan St. Cyr. It's such a powerful song. And I, I don't think I ever listened to the words of it like I have the past few weeks. And I've told you before that I, when I hear a song that really touches me, it goes to my playlist on the gym, <laughs> or, or when I'm running, right? And it just enables me to just, just meditate on those words, you know, while I'm working out or whatever. And uh, I really feel like there are people in this house that need to know there's grace in the fire, that Jesus is with us in the fire. And it could be a, you could call it a storm or a difficult time, but in this case, we're calling it grace in the fire because the account in the Bible is basically about people that went into the fire for the sake of God, for God's sake, for, their, for, their, for the fact that they would only worship the only true God. They were thrown in the fire. And it's a familiar passage that a lot of us are familiar with. But I want to take a look at that. And this whole time, I just want you to think about the fact that whatever fire, whatever circumstance, whatever storm, Jesus is with us in the fire. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word brings us hope, and it brings us life, and it brings us everything that we need, and it even brings us whatever we need in the storm or in the fire. Whatever difficult situation people might be going through, I thank you, God, that your word is a source of everything that we need. We thank you, O oh God. We ask you to anoint this word, and I pray that it touches people's heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's really my goal, is that God would touch your heart this morning, that you would see the heart of God in the word this morning, not just words printed on a page, but the heart behind the scripture. Because the more we understand his heart, the more we can trust him. The more we understand his heart, the more we can trust his character, no matter what we go through. Amen? So in Daniel chapter 3, we all went through a series, well, not all, some of us went through a series on Daniel recently, and... Um, I'm just going to take a little bit of Daniel, the book of Daniel, and talk about it today. And It's a powerful passage about two, three people that were determined to serve God no matter what. And that's what we need. In this day and age, we need to be determined to serve God no matter what. That's another song, No Matter What, by Jordan St. Cyr. That's powerful, too. No matter what, I'm going to serve you. <laughs> Amen. I love some of these guys that write some of these songs because of what they've been through. 
it makes it even more powerful. If you listen to the words and then even go Google their name, I, I Googled J Jordan St. Cyr after I thought about the two powerful songs that he wrote, No Matter What and Fires, and it, and it turns out he's got his own fire. He's got a, his fourth child has some neurological issue with a scar on half of her face, and she's had issues, and, and I think, man, these guys that write the songs that just tug at your heart, it's because they've gone through it. He's been through the fire. Like a lot of us have been through fires. And some of those songs are so powerful. They'll minister to our hearts. If you're going through a fire, I encourage you to listen to these two songs, No Matter What, and Fires by Jordan St. Cyr. It'll minister and touch you to your heart. It'll lift your heart up. Amen? So, in Daniel, chapter 3, we're actually looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the historical background is the Jews were in captivity in Babylon. It was Daniel and his three companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were all in captivity in Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar at this time was the king of Babylon. And in the beginning of chapter 3, I'm not going to read those verses, but Nebuchadnezzar decides this great idea to make this image of gold. And he calls all the sestraps, the administrators, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to gather together to dedicate this image. How ungodly and horrible. And I thought about as I go through this passage that these guys knew that there were certain Jews that were not going to bow their knee to any foreign god. And it was almost like a setup for those people that serve God. And I feel that's the same way with some of the laws that are being enacted in our country today. It's coming totally against the word of God. And this country was founded, it says, in God we trust in our money. And people are trying to undermine that. And we need to stand up for the word of God. Amen? It's the only thing that matters these days. is God's word. In Daniel chapter 3, in verse 4, Then a herald cried out, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at that time, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall bow down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and, and lyre, in symphony, with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Let that not be so for the people of God. No matter what laws they want to enact, we will not worship any other God but the God that we serve. Do not bow your knee to another God. We serve one king. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. And he's the one that brings life. Amen? It, it so irritates me that they, they made weed legal in this state. What a stupid thing to do. Sorry. It's, it's, it was a stupid thing to do. Absolutely stupid. Now they have commercials that say, well, don't drive and be high. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? Let's not fall for those kind of things and think it's okay. It's not okay. 
We're going to move on to the accusations. So this is the ungodly law that would be terrible for any Jewish person who was dedicated to their God, like Daniel, Meshach, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they, those people that were dedicated to God could not bow down to this, this uh, statue or whatever it was. I want to go on to verse, verse 8 and verse 8 through 12. It says, Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall bow down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews. Now, these certain Jews had just been promoted in chapter 2. Isn't it interesting that they go after the people that are leaders, the, pe the people that were promoted? They go after the leaders. Certain Jews. It's like a setup for these poor people. But God knew. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Talk about jealousy. Jealousy and hatred. These men, O king, have not paid... I'm sorry. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you, that you do not, that they, they do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. I find it interesting that it says they paid no regard to him. The only way that they didn't pay regard to him was for this golden image. So they exaggerate and think they don't have no regard for you. That's a lie. It's an accusation and a lie. They're just setting them up. See if they could burn the fiery furnace because they're jealous. They have jealousy and hatred. And how much hatred and division is there in our country this day? Amen? In some ways, this story relates so much with what's going on. Not that we're going to be thrown in the fiery furnace, but we don't know, you know what, what lies ahead for our country. But we know that God holds all things in the palm of his hand. No matter what, our God still reigns. Amen? I believe they just wanted to take these guys out because they were jealous and envious of them. There are certain people in our nation right now, they want to make it a crime if someone uses the wrong pronoun. They want to make it a hate crime. And basically it comes against the word of God, just like this image came against the word of God. These multiple pronouns. and These people need help. They don't need their body parts cut off. They don't need to be called things that they aren't. They need grace and mercy from God. They need deliverance. They need help. And they're getting the wrong kind of help. They're being sent in the wrong direction so they can manipulate their body parts. And if enough of them, they'll end up stopping reproduction if they kill enough of them. Because basically, that's what they're doing. They'll put them in such a situation that they can't do anything to add to uh, humanity. And I read about a seventh grader. His name's Liam Morrison. 
He was punished for wearing a shirt that said there are only two genders. He's just speaking the truth. And they punished him for it. I don't know if he read the headlines, but he's been in them. And he's not backing down. He's a seventh grader. He's not backing down. He's standing up for what's the truth. Amen. This is seventh grade. Imagine how much, how much God could use this kid. How determined he is to stand up against these ungodly laws. And he doesn't care. It's amazing. The more we understand the character of God, the more we can stand up for what's true. Amen? Just like the Jews were attacked in Babylon, so were Christians are under attack today. Everywhere you turn, right? But God is able. So I want to go on to verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now these are people he just promoted, right? So they brought these men before the king, Nebuchadnezzar, spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image, sounds like the devil, right? As I'm reading this, I'm like, this is the devil. Worship the image which I made, which I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you should be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? They were determined they were not going to worship this idol. They had a choice to either worship the idol or burn in the fiery furnace. And this is a quick trial here, too. You know, we have all these trials that go on in our nation. We have some people that can go on for years being unpunished, right? Which we've seen in the news. And pretend like they haven't done anything for years and years and years. This trial is a matter of probably a few minutes. <laughs> and they've been found guilty. And here's your punishment. Not, this, not today. We know that there are criminals out there right now that go on and on and on that have been in the news that have gone unpunished. But we serve a God who knows all and takes care of all in his time. Amen? And the one scripture that really sticks out to me here is in verse 15. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Some people's pride and arrogance drives them to think they can defy the living God. And there'll come a time when judgment shall come upon them. Amen? I just want to quickly, I'm going to jump to uh, chapter 5, because we're going to look at Nebuchadnezzar's son for a minute, speaking of pride and arrogance. In chapter 5, we can look at verse 2. So I just want to give you another example of how God deals with pride and arrogance in his time. Sometimes we want to hurry up, deal with him, deal with him. <laughs> but, but it's all in God's time. You know, he gives everyone time for mercy and grace to turn from their wicked ways. Everyone. There's no one that's been left out. Chapter 5, verse 2. This is Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's son. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar 
had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. So in other words, they're going to defile the things of God. Bad idea. I mean, this guy, thinks he's, he's having a big old party with all his friends and wives and concubines and thinks he's getting away with it. You know, who is God? You know, what's God going to do? Not a good idea. So then, I'm just going to summarize this, but down in verse, we'll read verse 5. It says, In the same hour, the fingers of a man appeared and rode opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Now this guy about freaked out when he said, if we saw something like that, that would probably freak us out too, right? Here he is, Mr. Pride and Arrogance, being taken out, basically, so to speak. He, um, he basically was shaking at his knees, and good for him that he would defy the living God. Let him shake on his knees. And... Um, because he freaks out, he says, anybody that can tell me what this means will become the third ruler in the kingdom. That's how desperate he was. First, he's partying one minute, having a great old time, defying, defiling the things of God. Then the next minute, he's saying, anybody who can tell me what this means will be the third kingdom, third in the kingdom. He's probably freaking out. Well, good for him. He deserves it, right? You know? I mean, God would give him grace if he turned. But this guy didn't turn because of his pride and his arrogance. And sure enough, if we jump down to verse 11, it says in verse 11, there is a man in your kingdom in whom, the spirit, in whom is the spirit of the holy God. Hallelujah for Daniel. Hallelujah for the one who had the spirit of the living God living inside him, who God used over and over, who was dedicated to pray for his people even when most other people weren't praying for them. Praise God for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to bow their knees. And he goes on and tells Belshazzar, you can keep all your things, you can keep all your promotions, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what this says. And basically, he goes on to tell them that uh, your father, Nebuchadnezzar, was full of pride and arrogance, and because of his pride, he lost his kingdom. And then if we look at uh, verse 22, I'm just going to read verse 22. But you, son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. You knew what happened to your father, and yet you still are pride, filled with pride and arrogance. And you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. That, that was a big mistake for this guy. Because if you read on the end of the chapter... He gets slain that night, and that's the end of Belshazzar, and then somebody else takes over the kingdom. That's how quickly God can, can fix somebody's pride and arrogance. He always has grace and mercy, and he gives time for people to repent, but there comes a time of judgment, and if you're not ready, you're going to have judgment. Amen? I mean, he gives grace and mercy. He's giving people plenty of time to turn. That's why Jesus hasn't returned. He's given people plenty of time to return and repent from their sin and their wickedness. And I also thought about Pharaoh. I'm not going to read all of Pharaoh, but um, I just thought about how pride and arrogance Pharaoh was when the Israelites had been 
In Egypt, all those 400 years, they had been enslaved for 400 years. And when God said, it's time, it's time for my people to be released, he, came, he comes up with a plan. And of course, Pharaoh doesn't like this plan because he's going to lose all these people. He's going to lose all his workers. You know, he gets free labor, right? Except for he has to feed them and shelter them. And when we look through uh, the scriptures where it talks about all the plagues, there are certain plagues that, that Pharaoh says, okay, yep, all right, I give up. You can go. You can take your people. Go take your people. Take them in the wilderness and go worship your God. And then it says, but then the Lord hardened his heart. In other words, he changed his mind, said, nope, you can't go. And he does this over and over and over again. And we know the story. Most of us have probably seen the Ten Commandments. Um, and uh, Pharaoh had so much pride and arrogance, it took him losing his only son before he finally gave up and said, you can go. And we know that they were told to go in haste. The people at that point, the Egyptians, like, just go, get out of here. We'll just give you whatever you need. Just go. Because they had had enough. They had enough of what God was doing to their land. But still, Pharaoh would not give up. And he lost his only son. Can you imagine being so full of pride and arrogance that because of that you lose your only son? Then they run out, right? All the Israelites run out. And then Pharaoh again. Still doesn't. He's still, so, still full of pride. Gets the army together. We're going to go get these guys. I mean, how stupid. You just lost your only son. Do you think God's going to just let you destroy these people? Talk about arrogance. Praise God. You know, we serve a God of justice. A God who has mercy. He has kindness. He has everything that we need. But there comes a time of judgment. And we want to be prepared for that time of judgment. Amen. And I love this scripture in Exodus 14. Because right now, the Israelites, they're up against the Red Sea, and they got Pharaoh's army coming. I mean, they got death in front of them, death behind them. And the only way they're going to get out of this fire situation, storm, is by deliverance by the hand of God. The only one that could deliver them was God himself. And I love this scripture. And I pray that you embrace it for whatever situation that you're in. It says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. How many times in the scripture we looked at, we looked at another scripture on Tuesday night. It says, Do not be afraid. It was with Elijah. That's right. They were trapped. <laughs> all these all these. This army was around them. It was Elijah and his servant, the two of them. And they send this army to go get them. And Elijah says to his servant, Do not be afraid, for there are more with us than against us. God wants you to know there are more with you than against you. Because we have the armies of the living God to fend for us, to, to defend for us, to help us in our time of need. And it says, Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm sure there's somebody in this house that needs to hear that scripture. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, 
you shall see again no more forever. Who could do that but the only living God? You shall see them no more. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. That word's for us today. That's why God gives us these scriptures. Not just say, oh, what a nice story. No, the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Amen? So we'll go back to the account in Daniel. I just wanted to show you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> Gives me a chance to have a little water. <laughs> Where's God? Oh, sorry about that, Kevin. <laughs> I just touched the mic. <laughs> I really hope that the word of God touches your heart today. That's what it's about, you know. It's not about, like, I was raised in a church, and I thank God that I was raised in a church. But oftentimes I didn't see the heart behind the Scripture. It was really a bunch of rules and regulations with no heart. But I thank God that He reveals His heart to me. And if you're willing... He'll reveal his heart to you. Amen? Let's go back to chapter 3 of Daniel. We're going to look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's resolve. Strong men of God. In verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. These guys aren't messing around. They're so full of faith. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we serve the golden image which you have set up. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter even if they died in the fiery furnace. They were still trusting their God. They refused to bow their knee. May we never bow our knee to any golden image or any such thing. Let's stand fast to the word of God. They were going to worship God no matter what. They knew the character of God. That's what we need to know this day, is the heart and the character of God. The more we understand his character, that he will never fail us, that he will never leave us, the stronger we can be when the fires and the storms come. That he's always for us. He's never against us. I've been walking with God for almost 50 years, and I can say that he is faithful. If there are people here who have only been walking with God for a couple of years, I can guarantee you that he is faithful. 
The other thing is that they had experienced God's faithfulness. In Daniel 1, we're not going to read the whole account. Back in the beginning, when we first hear about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they actually had different names. But uh, the, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted to get some people to work for him in the kingdom or in his palace. He wanted the best. You know, he wanted the smartest, the best. So he picked out all these people that were the best, the smartest, good-looking, without any blemishes. Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach were... Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were four of the people that were picked, right? And the king wanted to, to train them for three years. And they were going to have all the king's delicacies and his wine and everything. And Daniel says, no. No, we're, we don't want your delicacies. We don't want to defile ourselves. So he says to the chief eunuch, look, give us 10 days for me and my companions. Give us 10 days. So they trust God for 10 days. They eat vegetables and water. And at the end of the 10 days, they look better and fatter than all the other people. Now, only God could do that. If you want to become stronger, you don't just eat vegetables. Just ask Pastor Dave when he used to lift a lot of weight back in the day. He wasn't just eating vegetables. What was he having, 12 eggs in the morning or something? <laughs> like loads and loads of protein. Because you, you can't lift weights without protein. Right? I mean, it just is doesn't happen. You can't lift weights on vegetables. You know, you got to have some kind of protein. It doesn't have to, I mean, it could be milk, it could be whatever, but you have to have some kind of protein, right? I mean, you can't, your, your, your muscles can't strengthen without protein, not just vegetables. But these guys, says the scripture says they're fatter and better than the rest of them. You'll have to go read the account. I'm sure it's familiar to a lot, to a lot of you. So then the chief eunuch says, okay, well, I guess you can keep just eating vegetables and water. So for three years, that's what they ate. Vegetables and water, right? And what happens at the end of three years? They come before the king, and he says, none among them, none was found like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they were faithful not to defile themselves, God blessed them beyond their wildest imagination. So that's how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could be so convinced that God would take care of them because they had seen him in the past take care of them before by eating just vegetables and waters for three years. We were talking about how, Pastor Dave, we were talking about how when you lifted weights back in the day, you couldn't just live on vegetables and water, right? So, but these guys defied all logic and common sense because God was on their lives. They were better and stronger than all the rest of them after eating vegetables and water for three years, and only God could do that. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew this about God. He helped us back then in this situation, and they're facing this fiery furnace. He'll help us again. They knew the character of God because they had seen him, his faithfulness in the past. They had seen God, they had tested God in the past, and they knew that he was faithful. And that's what happens to us. Sometimes there's small things that we have to depend on God. And those things, they may seem small, but when we see God's faithfulness, then we can trust him for bigger things in the future. Amen. So we want to 
We want to know the character of God. The more we know his heart, the more we know his character. The more we trust him with even the small things, then we can trust him for bigger things, amen? And you'll do things that you never thought you would do. I never thought I'd live in Africa. <laughs> I'm not the kind of person just to leave my job, trust me. In 1989, he called me to go to Africa and leave everything. I'm not that kind of person. I like everything in order. You can ask my wife. I'm very orderly. I like, I'm, I'm a little OCD, right? But that's okay. You know, that's who I am. That's my character. I like a neat house. I like a clean house. I like things, I like to know what I'm going to do. I like to have things planned out. And then God goes and wrecks my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I had this really nice job at Universal. I thought I'll be at Universal for a while, right? And I bought this house, this nice little modest house. But I was all set, you know? I'm doing things in the church, you know, and moving on in God, and oops, no, you're going to Africa. <laughs> Trust me, only God could have done that. There's just no way. But you never know where God's going to take you. And you might even go to the jungle in Ecuador. You may not go this time, but you might go to another trip. I've been in the bush in Africa, slept in the bush, me, all the people, you wouldn't think that I would. By the way, I dressed everything. This guy's not going to go in the bush. Well, I did. <laughs> no, I'm just not like that. That's not my character. I, but, but God changes us up. He messes us up sometimes, right? He messes us up and makes us better and stronger. Amen? And in fact, because I saw God's faithfulness when I left to go to Africa, a few years later, several years later, I left and went to England and lived there for almost three years. And God provided. I didn't have any big salary or anything. When I went to Africa, um, I had no support at all. I lived off what little savings I had. Belinda was at that ministry too. It was all by faith, right? And uh, <laughs> there was no money coming in, but God made a way. Hallelujah. He always makes a way, doesn't he? When we do what he's asked us to do, he will always provide everything that we need. Okay, let's go to uh, Daniel chapter 3 and verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, there he is with his pride and arrogance, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are people that were just promoted the previous chapter. He spoke and commanded that they heat up the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I thought, not only are they going to throw him in this fiery furnace, they're going to bind him so they can't even move. Horrible. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, urgent, there's a lot of people getting away with murder in our nation, and it's not so urgent. But this was urgent. And the furnace, exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can you imagine watching this, and you're about to be thrown in? These guys are getting killed, and you're about to go in there? And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not 
cast three men bound into the midst of the fire. They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he said, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So I want to just declare to you that Jesus is in your fire and in your storm. Just like he was in this fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were all walking around this fire. Amen? God will be with us whatever fire we face, whatever storm we face. Jesus is with us, and God is with us. If we want that kind of faith, we need to build our foundation on the rock, Christ Jesus. And don't wait for the next storm to start building your foundation. We have a new foundations class. I'm going to give you a little advertisement, right? New foundation class here at this church. It'll only help you strengthen your faith. Amen? There's all kinds of classes here going on. The more we feed our mind and our heart with the word, the stronger we become. And I just want to share something um, before we go to the very end of the story, just to encourage you, I'm going to read some words of this song, and then I'm going to show, share something a little more personal. This is the song, Fires. And I just want you to listen to the words of this song. It says, I remember how you told me that life may not be easy. And I'm sure for some of you, life's not easy right now. And everything that I need, and that everything I need, you've already given me. I remember when you told me, I can trust you completely. So why am I doubting when you proved you fight for me? You've walked me through fires, pulled me from flames. If you're in this with me, I won't be afraid. When the smoke billows higher, Oh, and higher, and it feels like I can hardly, barely breathe. I can walk through these fires because you're walking with me. I'm changed by your mercy. Covered by your peace. I'm living out the victory. Doesn't mean I won't feel the heat. In other words, it's not always easy. We know that, right? I can face anything because you're here with me. If we know that God is with us, we can face anything. I can do all things because you strengthened me. I remember how you showed me the price of my redemption. Just think about what Jesus went through for you. How much more could God give us than the price of his son? Lord, how could I question when you proved that you died for me? You've walked me through fires, pulled me from flames. If you're in this with me, I won't be afraid. When the smoke billows higher, oh, and higher, and it feels like I can hardly breathe, I'll walk through these fires because you're walking with me. And I just want to share something personal, a situation that both my wife and I went through. She doesn't know I'm going to talk about this. 
Um, I've served as a pastor, a leader in a few different churches over the year. And uh, we were serving in a church. And the leader was basically a narcissist. And I know that I did what God had called me to do. And sometimes, after what we went through, you think, oh my gosh, did I really miss it? And I had a pastor friend of mine say to me, he said, no, you didn't miss it. Just be and then another pastor friend of mine, he said to me, just because it ended badly doesn't mean that God wasn't in it. And he was in it. And there was so much fruit from it, but there was also some really dirty, rotten fruit. And I have never been so stressed out in a situation in my entire life. I felt like I couldn't get away from it. And it was in the church. And it wasn't like a correction or anything. I was working for a narcissist. No joke. And I'm not going to talk about names. Don't sit there and go, oh, what was he talking about? That's not the point. We were doing what God asked us to do. And it was like our fire, our test. And I remember saying to my wife, we've got to stand together through this. I don't remember the exact words, but I knew. And there was one point where I felt, that's it, I had enough. I can't do anymore. I can't forgive this guy anymore. I've forgiven him so many times. I've never forgiven anybody so many times in all my life. And I've never experienced such rage in all my life either. And it was like I was working for somebody who was almost schizophrenic. You get this really good side, happy, happy, go lucky. And then this other side where you were afraid to move. And sometimes it would happen in the car. The rage would happen in the car. I'm like, where am I going to go? I can't go. Can't go, I'm trapped in this car. It was horrible. Never had to experience anything like that. No, I, I know it wasn't a physical thing, and I some, sometimes I think the physical things that people go through, the sicknesses and diseases they face, are more difficult. But emotional things and attacks emotionally are just as scary. They're just as scary. I mean, just look at our pastor, Dave Jr., what he went through for eight years. That was all emotional, right? And how scary was that for him, for his dad, for his mom? I can't imagine what they were going through for eight years. How horrible. You guys went through the fires with him, right? Because he was your son. But I felt like I went through hell on earth with this person who I trusted. I trusted greatly. I put more trust in him. And basically, in the end, in some ways, he defiled my trust. It was very, very painful. I sometimes still have flashbacks from it, like as if I was in some kind of war. But in some ways, it was a spiritual war. And at one point, I thought, that's it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I ended up on high blood pressure medicine while, it was, while we were in this situation, which I was being monitored anyway. But it's funny, it just put me right over the edge. <laughs> And it was from being in a church, for goodness sake. But one thing I can say to you, if you've been hurt in a church, don't write off church. Don't ever write off church. I've been hurt so many times in churches. I've seen so many different things in churches. <laughs> I've been on, I think, four or five different church boards. And I think after the first board I was on, I thought, I don't want to ever be on another church board. <laughs> and it seems like everywhere I go, I end up on the church board. <laughs> but... 
that's God's plan. It's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, I want to be on your board. <laughs> that's not it. But God, I don't know, he just, every time I turn around, I'm on a church board. And I can remember the very first one, I thought, oh, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> but it was such a horrible time in our lives. So painful. But when the time was right, God gave us such a deliverance that only God could do. Only he could do it. Only he could put it together like nobody else could. Things opened up just like this. We had to wait for months. And then on top of it, the stress that we were leaving. We were, we were out of here, but we couldn't at the time. And be careful not to say, oh, why didn't you just leave? It isn't that simple. That's all I could tell you. It wasn't that simple. We had to wait on God for him to open the right doors. And when it happened, it happened so fast. <laughs> and God just, whew, everything opened. But he helped us to finish the call that he put on our lives, no matter how difficult it was. And he will help you to finish your call. He will help you to finish your course in this life if we trust him. So I just wanted to share you that personal fires can be emotional, not just physical. I'm sure many of you know that. You know, we've heard from our pastor what he went through for eight years. I can't imagine, really. And I can't imagine what his parents went through either. But God, right? But God. The victory on the other side is so sweet. Amen. So I just want to finish this story here, this account. And so I just find it amazing the way God will just whisper something in your heart. This is what you're going to share. Always be willing to listen to that still, small voice. It's amazing when we listen to that still, small voice, what he does. My last point is about the king's proclamation and new decree. What a change of heart temporarily. It was temporary, though. As, we, as we've gone through the book of Daniel, it was temporary change of heart. But it was a change of heart for Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> 28 says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. What a testimony for these guys. This guy was a heathen. The, the heathen of heathens, this guy was. <laughs> what a testimony for these guys. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be burned in ash heap because there is no other god who can deliver like this. And of course, they were promoted again in verse 30. There's no other god who can deliver like this. There's no other God who can deliver you in your situation or strengthen you 
or give, it, give you whatever it is you need, whatever situation or circumstance you're in. There is no other God. His character is proven time and time and time again. And if the worship team wants to come up, we're going to encourage people, anybody who wants to be prayed for. At this time, too, the people that are leading life groups, if you want to go downstairs to your table so that you're ready for when people come down after the service. And again, I just encourage you to go be part of a life group. Amen. It gives you a chance to have fellowship, food, <laughs> and also be in the word and prayer. Amen. So this time we just want to open up the altars and I'm sure some of you are going through some difficult situations. I just encourage you that if anybody wants prayer, we'd be more than happy to pray for you, that God would strengthen you and give it whatever it is that you need. Amen. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, tried and true. Let us be his sanctuary be tr and be tried and true. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, O oh God, that we can stand on your word and say yes and amen. We thank you, God, that you are faithful. You are just and true. We thank you, God, that you're with us whatever fire it is that we go through, oh God, I thank you so much that you go with us, that you go before us, and that Jesus, you're in the fire with us. Thank you, Jesus. We'll just wait on you. Anybody needs prayer.